Oh, man. What? WTF, mate. WTF. What's up with my beanie right now? Oh, my God. Well, it's been rough, folks. <laughs> oh, man. I have no idea. Well, let me fix my headphones. Ah, uh, it. Th this I don't even know how to start this show, man. Uh, lots of internet problems. Probably restarted the computer 10, 12, 15 times. Reset the modem a few times. Even unplugged the modem and plugged it back in, bud. We are here! And hopefully you could see me. I'm not too choppy. Kick punch, it's all in the mind. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Grab the lube, grab the baby powder. Feels good to be alive because it's Stephen Getney live Saturday night, 11 o'clock. Well, we started a little bit late. March 24th, 2018. Woo! One more time. Give it up. Oh, yes. Give it up. Oh, man. Awesome audience. Oh, we got we got a texter. Ah, so let's put the let's put the information up on the screen right now. Oh, my shirt's kind of getting in the way. Let me duck down and call the show. Tweet me at Stephen M J Gedney. I'm here to talk. Actually, I want you to talk, and I'm here to listen. So let's turn this shit back off. Oh well, I'll leave this up for a minute. It's been a rough day, man. Well, it, it started out. Whoa, huh. Oh, okay. Started out really rough. <laughs> and I still don't know if anybody could see me, but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be doing the show. It's freezing. My nipples are hard. I don't know if it's just cold or uh I'm excited, but we're here. So, all right, we'll bring this we'll bring the information back up later. Shout out to all my homeboys and homegirls that are watching out there in uh, La La Land. You know who I'm talking about. Joe, Joe Davis, Benjamin, JP, JK, Danny, Alex, all the other homeboys and homegirls. We're here. So anyways, uh, we're going to start tonight. You know, it's been a running... A running man I don't know what's I gotta fix this beanie hold on hold on all right it's been a it's been a running theme here and I don't know my my headphones are not loud it's been a running theme but we drink every Saturday night and uh tonight the drink of choice is there we go Panas camera enjoy by 420 2018 by stone brewing and you know what they say Brewed to be dank. Hold on, man. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I will get to your call. I'll call you back. But I'm doing the intro. So, brewed to be dank. So, we're going to try this out. This is an IPA. Uh, it is 9.4% ABV. Cracking it open right there. All right. Another bottle cap. So, cheers to all my friends. Uh, hmm, hmm. I don't know what to think about this, man. 
I mean, normally I drink beer, especially IPAs, uh, through a, a, a glass instead of a bottle, but you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, it's not, it's not as dank as they claim it to be, but I like it. Oh, whoa. Oh, there we go. Now I got like all sorts of volume. Uh, so anyways, it, uh, I've had a headache all day. I mean, so this day started out great. I, I will say that. Um, let's just go back to last night. Last night, I had a couple beers. I bought one that was called uh, Caramel Super Stout by, I believe it was Out of Bounds Brewery, which is from right here in Folsom, California. And I also got a little red ale from Coronado Brewing, which is San Diego area, Coronado. Shout out to all my homies in uh, Coronado. So anyways, I, I got this super stout. It was 10 o'clock at night. I'm sitting there. I'm watching a comedy documentary. And I didn't realize that this beer was 11.4% alcohol. And uh, by the time uh, I finished that thing, man, I had way more of a buzz than I had planned. And then I decided to keep going and drink uh, the red ale. And by that time, I got about halfway through the beer. You know, this is a 22-ounce bomber. And uh, I, I had to give it up, man. I poured it out and, and went to bed. And for some reason, my dog, uh, shout out to Phoenix, uh, woke up four or five times last night and just being a little punk ass. That's the, uh, you know, I'll talk about having a bulldog uh, shortly. <laughs> there goes the text, man. I, I appreciate the support, and uh, we'll get. To, I'm gonna get to you guys in a minute. So I had about, you know, I had the 22 ounce super stout and another 11 ounces of uh, the red ale, and I tell you what, I woke up with the worst headache ever. Let me put this down a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say that I was hungover because I wasn't sick. I wasn't throwing up. But uh, I did not feel good. I did not want to wake up at 7 a.m. But the reason I woke up at 7 a.m. was because my beautiful wife um, needed to go get her hair done in Old Sacramento. And also, you know, you guys, she's pregnant. She's got this thing called gestational diabetes. And it's it's not permanent diabetes. It's the diabetes you only get when you're pregnant. And it's it's been really tough for both of us. She's got to check her blood sugar four times a day. She can't have a lot of carbs. Pretty much 90% of what she normally eats, she can't eat because her blood sugar is too high. And to top it all off, we've been walking for like 20 to 30 minutes after every meal. So we had to get up extra early, um, made some eggs, and she had some sausage, and you know, took our showers, went for a walk, then had to drive to Old Sacramento. And so I'm going up. I go down, you know, the normal way I get to the freeway from my place. It's a little, it's a, it's a street called Winding Way. And then you get on Auburn Boulevard. And then right there you have your option of getting on three different freeways. You can get on uh, I-80 West. You can get on Business 80, a.k.a. the Cap City Freeway. Or you can get on 80 East and go up towards Reno. Uh, so we were going to go, you know, Cap City Freeway. And the fucking on-ramp was closed. Why? And so uh, we ended up only being five minutes late, which was, you know, no big deal. But uh, as 
I went up I went up 80 east and I had to make a U-turn and and made it onto Cap City and as we were going I could see why the on-ramp was closed and like you know those big metal barriers on the side of the freeway well I don't know what happened but they were replacing them so you know my first thought was maybe a car actually crashed into it and and went off the the freeway you know up in the air and, and I don't know if if that would have happened though I I'm sure it would have made news so what my my thought is somebody crashed into it and it broke and so they needed to replace it and uh, I would have loved to see that happen that's for sure um but either way we made it to old sacramento uh 5 minutes late she went to do her hair appointment Beavis is right behind me dude can't you see him oh right here <laughs> yeah um <laughs> And uh, I ended up going to uh, Target in Natomas, and uh, I, I've been looking for a Funko Pop. Now, I don't have an image up on the screen, um, but you guys could see a little bit right here, some of my Funko Pop collection. I mean, you see these figures everywhere, man. Uh, GameStop, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, Toys R Us, which is going to be no longer in business pretty soon, uh, Hot Topic, Box, Lunch. Uh, all over the internet you find them at random places comic book shops but they're these little vinyl figures i think they're about four inches tall and and the thing that makes them successful well just a little rundown funko is a toy company that started in uh, 1998 and then in 2005 they started acquiring these licenses you know for movies tv shows comic book characters and from there, I don't know how or why, but the the whole thing exploded, and uh, they're really smart. You know, it it reminds me a lot of uh, Pogs and Beanie Babies, and even comic books in the early '90s. Everybody's buying up the valuable ones, the rare ones, hoping that they can make a profit. And the whole thing has exploded. And uh, I don't know. I almost feel like the popularity is finally starting to go down a little bit, but. Uh, if you guys subscribe to all the groups like I do, um, you will see that uh, there—it's that's not the case. I mean, there are a lot of collectors out there, and uh, I'm one of them. So I've been looking for a particular one that I knew was coming out a while ago, and that's for Tommy Boy. Um, Chris Farley, one of my favorite actor comedians of all time. I mean, I'm a 90s kid. I love the 90s. I loved Saturday Night Live in the 90s. Uh, everything from like 92 to 98, I think, was the perfect cast or the perfect couple cast. But, you know, I think everybody in every generation, they have their own favorite uh, Saturday Night Live group. But uh, for the, that was me. You know, I remember me and my buddy JP. Um, we used to watch a lot of the reruns, you know, we'd skip school, hang out at his house and, and the E channel that would play, they would play, you know, all the old ones, uh, from the nineties with Adam Sandler, David Spade, Farley, Rob Schneider, uh, even though Will Ferrell and, and Jimmy Fallon stuff. And also we got to see all the cool, uh, musical performances in the nineties, you know, Rage Against the Machine, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, whatever, man, Beastie Boys. Um, the nineties were a crazy time. Smashing Pumpkins. And uh, so Tommy Boy has always been one of my favorite movies of all time. And in fact, I 
I got to say it's probably my favorite comedy. I mean, it's so to me it's perfect in so many ways. It's it's got heart. It's a buddy comedy. It's a road trip movie. And uh it, it's just, you know, there's crude in some places. Uh it has uh, has a a fake deer, <laughs> you know? Um and and this is just one of those movies that I don't know. I remember being a kid, like a really young kid, seven, eight years old, um, watching it on TBS reruns, you know, and it was one of those movies that was always on TV. So you get to catch it at different parts. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of movies like that. I think Casino and uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Also, you know, one of those movies that there are all those type of movies that you could just be flipping the channels, then all of a sudden it's at a part that you like and you, you're just stuck and you're watching it. And Tommy Boy, no exception. You know, I could tell you almost every song that's in that movie. Like in the beginning, during the wedding scene, the uh, the wedding band, they play uh, Ray Charles, what I say. You know, uh, uh, hey mama, don't you treat me wrong. I'll tell you, honey, baby, all night long. <laughs> and uh, also the uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations. You know, I know you want to leave me. You know, those are, those songs, I think because of that movie, those songs have always stuck in my head. And then, you know, later in the movie, they have the uh, the road trip montage and it's got like R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it. And uh, uh, Dexie's Midnight Runners, Come On Eileen. And, of course, Dan Aykroyd, who uh, was in The Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters and countless other great comedies. He plays a great character in the movie. You've got uh, uh, Brian Dennehy, Rob Lowe. Um, the list goes on and on. I mean, that movie is, to me, one of the best. So the whole reason I'm explaining this is Funko... Uh, they announced back in November that they're coming out with these Tommy Boy uh, pop pop figures. They got the regular uh, standard ones you could find in almost any store. You know, Tommy, play, played by Chris Farley, and Richard, played by uh, David Spade. But, you know, Funko, in their infinite wisdom, they come out with these exclusives where only you can only get them at certain stores, and the exclusives end up being worth more money. And uh, so they had a, a Tommy Boy Target exclusive, and it's the fat guy in a little coat. And if you guys have ever seen the movie, you know, Tommy, big dude, he puts on uh, Richard's coat, and he's like, fat guy in a little coat. And when he moves his arms, he rips it. He rips it. And it's just a good scene. It's a memorable scene. Um, and I guess... The whole reason that's even in the movie is because uh, Chris Farley, he used to do that in real life to David Spade in the writer's room of SNL. So um, I went to Target. I went to their Funko section. I've been looking for this figure for a while. I've been checking online, seeing if it's in stock. Can't find it. My brother, he texted me the other day and he picked one up. I was like, oh, dude, I'm so jealous. So I went to this Target Natomas, walked over to their Funko section. Just saw the regular old stuff, you know, the Stranger Things, a couple Batmans, a lot of the movie properties like Justice League and Wonder Woman, but no Tommy Boy. So, um, you know, I was discouraged. I always like to look at the toy section, you know. I like to browse the Marvel figures and the 
WWE figures. And sometimes they have Funko Pops randomly just laying around. And so I went into the, into the toy section. I'm walking, and then all of a sudden I see two. Two of the Pops that I'm looking for are two of the same Tommy Boy fat guy in a little coat one. So, and, and I looked at them, the boxes were pristine. They weren't even on the end. You know, there was an end cap that had some Funko pops, but this one was like, these two figures were by themselves on an end cap that, you know, they weren't originally supposed to be. And, you know, I scored, man. I I was lucky. I got one. Uh, The box was perfect. Went out. And then I went over to Barnes and Noble and, and took a look around Didn't get anything except a coffee. Then decided to head over to the mall. So I went to Arden Mall here in Sacramento. They have a few stores in the mall that, that also carry the same figures. GameStop, Box Lunch, which is a uh, a side company that's kind of related to Spencer Gifts and Hot Topic. And then, of course, Hot Topic. So I go to Box Lunch because, you know, they they don't have a lot of Box Lunch stores in the U.S. My brother, who lives in Oregon, he can't get to a Box Lunch you know, they, they're non-existent up there. So I went in there, didn't see anything. And then I went to hot topic and looked at their big wall. And I honestly, I just, I didn't see anything that I really wanted to put my money down. And then one of the girls who works there, she comes out with some boxes and she's just look, she looks at me and she's like, are you, are you a Funko collector? Are you a Funko guy? And I'm like, Oh yeah, totally. And, uh, she's like, oh, have you gotten the, uh, the Hades yet? Hades from the Disney animated film Hercules from back in the nineties. And I said, oh no, you know, I, uh, I, I don't want to start too many different collections, you know, cause if you look at my, you know, one, one of these days you guys will see my, uh, my whole collection back there. But I mean, I have some game of Thrones, I have some, DC Comics, Batman stuff, I have some Marvel, X-Men, um, horror movies, and so I haven't even gotten one Harry Potter one, I haven't gotten one, you know, whatever, there's so many different series out there, and then once you dive in, it's like you gotta get every single one from the same series, so, of course, I uh, I didn't see anything that I, I really wanted to get go out of my way for, um, I didn't plan on buying any Hercules pops, that's for sure. And then she opens up the box and hands me a chase. And now a chase is uh, one of the more rare pops you can get. Basically what happens is they they send out uh, Funko, the company, to all the stores. They'll send out, uh, well, they have they make what's called a chase version. And so they'll send out a box of six and five of them will be regular and then one will be chase and it's usually designed a little bit differently and it has the sticker and that fucking sticker man it makes the figure worth 10 times as much or in this case even more almost 10 times as much um so she hands me this this chase and i've never had one before and i was like oh thank you very much i'm i will totally buy this so it's a uh it's a glow-in-the-dark figure with the chase sticker Bought it for regular price, twelve fifty. Um, she was super cool, and uh, my brother's like, "Oh, dude, you should buy that. It's it's worth a hundred and five bucks right now on PPG, and PPG is like the official pop collector's guide for valuing the figures." So, 
Anyways, enough of that geeky stuff. Uh, let's put the number back on. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. And uh, uh, now I will be taking your text and, and calls. So there you go. There's the number. Tweet me right now at Stephen M. J. Gedney. Let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. Shit, six text messages. And five of them are from one guy. <laughs> and uh, there's my brother too. So I'm going to take another sip of this. It's all right, man. I wouldn't say it's the best, the best, the dankest beer I've ever had, um, but it's it's pretty good if if you like IPAs. Shit, why not? All right. Well, while I'm waiting for you guys to call, um, so it's March 24th, and uh, I got a little bit of history today. Well, I looked up what happened on this day in history. Uh, and, and to be honest, not much, man. There hasn't been a lot of shit that's happened uh, on, on March 24th in history. However, a few notable exceptions. So, starting with in 1832 in Hiram, Ohio, Joseph Smith, the founder of uh, the Mormonism, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, he was beaten, tarred, and feathered. <laughs> Uh, apparently people didn't like what he was saying about these golden plates in this third, uh, uh, Bible that, uh, nobody knew existed that he said he found. And so, yeah, they, they, they kicked his ass. <laughs> um, I don't know if he died. I didn't get uh, that far in the, uh, in the history, but, uh, uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty good, pretty ironic considering I just saw the book of Mormon play and, uh, moving on in 1837, Canada gave black people the right to vote. So, hey, man. All right, Canada. Ooh, all my brothers and sisters. Canada. Canada, the nicest country in the world. Never been there. But the people there are amazing. Uh, what else happened? Um, two years ago, on 2016, uh, March 24th, uh, Gary Shandling died. Gary Shandling, a pretty big comedian in the 80s and 90s. He had a uh, TV series uh, that was pretty groundbreaking on HBO called The Larry Sanders Show. And I only ended up watching about a season of it. Um, my buddy Josh Lindberg loves that show. Uh, and it was groundbreaking for a lot of reasons because it kind of – it was a fictional look on, uh, on being um, – behind the scenes of a late night talk show. So what I gather from my limited viewing of this TV show was Larry Sanders was kind of based on Johnny Carson and the tonight show based a little bit on David Letterman and, and what happens behind the scenes and, and what it takes to make that show and how, you know, somebody who's a, a, a TV host and comedian, he's got just as many flaws as any normal person. And also the celebrities that come onto the show to be interviewed uh, are are insane, <laughs> you know. So lots of hijinks, uh, pretty cool storytelling, and um, like I said, groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And uh, you know, I haven't really delved too deep into his comedy, but uh, you know, a lot of comedians looked up to him. Um, Judd Apatow. The comedian and director, the guy who directed The 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up and This Is 40 and Funny People with Adam Sandler. The list goes on and on. Judd Apatow, who was a good friend of Gary Shandling, 
actually um, has his old journals and, and put together the this two-night event that's coming up on HBO. Uh, I just listened to a whole podcast about it, and uh, I don't have HBO currently. However, when Game of Thrones comes back, I'm going to sign back up, and uh, I will be watching that documentary. So who knows when that's going to happen, probably sometime next year, but... Uh, like I said, he influenced a lot of people, and supposedly he was well-liked in the comedy community. Um, speaking of comedy, though, I have been really obsessed lately with uh, uh, comedy documentaries. And, uh, you know, not just stand-up. You know, it's it's really weird. I have, I've only been to one stand-up show officially. You know, I've seen a couple random comedians and stuff at concerts, but the only uh, stand-up show i've i've been to was uh doug benson and doug benson you guys know from uh super high me and all countless tv shows uh doug loves movies podcast uh he has a a, a podcast slash video show called getting doug with high and you know he's rated the number two stoner comedian of all time and uh doug benson um I love that guy, man. I remember seeing Super High Me back in 2008, 2009. I was a big stoner myself. Uh, the documentary was funny, informative, and I just started following his comedy. He had a, a show on Comedy Central for like six episodes called The Benson Interruption where his friends would come out on stage and do their comedy routine and then he would interrupt them and he would also you know, kind of do an on-the-fly uh, improv thing on stage and you know dude's really funny he's clever and uh he totally you know milks that stoner persona uh to its fullest and uh you know so i actually i rewatched uh the documentary from 2012 that he did called uh the greatest movie ever rolled and it was him and another guy and they're just going from city to city and i really like that stuff i love the more than just watching stand up i like the behind the scenes i love anything where people are on the road and and talking about how an event gets made and and struggling um so yeah that that was a good one um i've also been watching a lot of insomniac with dave attell show that was one of my favorites back in the early 2000s and i was so sad to see it leave but the premise of that show was Dave Attell, uh, comedian, he would go from city to city, he would do his set, and then once his set was over, he would go out on the town, and he'd go visit the bars, and all sorts of other weird, random things that would be going on at night, whether it be like some weird poker game, or a recording session, or some of the people who have nighttime jobs, like the guys that are milking cows on a farm, or cops killing nutria or race nighttime race car drivers and uh i love that show a lot and I'm, i've been watching a lot of that on youtube highly recommend it um i watched uh comedian a documentary about jerry seinfeld back in the early 2000s where jerry you know he was just it's just jerry going back on stage playing co comedy clubs really not like jerry playing the giant state uh, arenas that he would normally do but you know it doesn't matter how famous you are you know you always have material you need to work on and it's just about him uh going around to the small clubs and and you know trying to prove himself as as a working comedian 
It didn't matter that he had a successful TV show. Being on stage and telling jokes is is what he lived for. And at the same time, that documentary also followed another like up and coming comedian. So it was kind of the a, a great like juxtaposition, or I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. Of uh, you know the guy that's just starting out and the guy that's already made it. Um, but yeah, the documentary I watched last night about comedy was the comedians of comedy, and I've seen it once before, but. It was uh, filmed in like 2004, 2005, and it happened to be one of Netflix's first um, specials, first uh, produced things. And it was uh, Patton Oswalt, Zach Galifianakis, Brian Pesain, and uh, Maria Branford. And it was a little tour that they did where uh, the premise of this one was they were going to non-comedy venues to do comedy. Uh, and and Patton's, you know, he's kind of like the ringleader of this whole thing. Uh, Patton's whole thing about the tour was comedy clubs are expensive, you know, uh, getting tickets to go to one. And then you also have your two drink minimum. And he was trying to find these alternative places. So younger people, college people could actually afford to go see live comedy. So it, it was, you know, it's funny. I've seen it before. It's, um they ended up actually going to the Wow Hall in Eugene, which is a, a famous little place uh, that my brother has been to uh, probably more than a couple times. And uh, it's nice to see, you know, familiar things. And I don't know, something about, like, you know, there was like five minutes or so where I was like thinking, I would love to try stand-up comedy. But I just don't think I have the... I don't have the passion, the drive, or the uh, availability to do it. Because in order to be a good comedian, you got to be out there every single night. And um, I just don't even know it, where to start. You know, especially with me and being married, starting a family. It's even hard to be in a band. That's why I work on music by myself. Speaking of which... Um, my song Willie uh, has been listened to quite a few times on Spotify. Uh, I put it back. I put it up on Bandcamp, so you can check that out. Uh, Stephen Gedney. Stephen MJ Bandcamp.com. It's also uh, it's making its way to all the other streaming services. Um, Amazon. I don't know why it's not on the Amazon Prime Music Player yet. Uh, Google Play and Google Play will soon get it onto YouTube. And I've been working on my YouTube channel, uh, reorganizing all these episodes and shit. And also uh, Napster, which I guess is still a thing. iHeartRadio. And uh, it's been submitted to Pandora, but Pandora is one of those uh, really hard to get onto streaming sites. Uh, they're very picky about who they want uh, to, to play. Um, in other news related to that... I have remastered one of my older songs. You know, like I said last week, I like to, I, I've recorded a lot of music. I've put it online. And after a while, I've just been really discouraged with uh, the quality and the way I sound. And I would take it down. You know, I just put it up for a limited time. Um, but this song called Lonely Northern California Nights. One of my favorite songs I've ever written, composed, recorded. And the vocals, I'd say, are about 
good. There's about 10% of the vocals that don't sound that good, but to me, that's good enough. And uh, so this song, I remastered it. It's got my buddy JP playing bass. Uh, the song has got a nice, slow, simplistic groove reminiscent of some of the uh, 70s country rock like the Eagles and Neil Young. and So that is also now on Spotify and Bandcamp and soon will be on all the other ones. So if you guys want to check that stuff out, like I said, go to my Bandcamp page, go on my Facebook, whatever. Uh, moving on, let's see. I got some more more stuff. Uh, March 24th. <laughs> so we talked about Gary Shandling. Uh, on this day, March 24th, in 1973, Pink Floyd released Dark Side of the Moon in the UK. Dark Side of the Moon, arguably their most popular album of all time. Um, that's debatable with some people. Some people might say The Wall. But Dark Side of the Moon um, is a, a, almost a perfect album from start to finish. It's got so many classic Pink Floyd songs Money, time, um, shit, what else is on there? Breathe, uh, brain damage, and, uh, I mean, if you've ever listened to classic rock radio, you've probably heard four or five songs off of that eight-song album. Um, the first time I ever heard Dark Side of the Moon, I was living in Oregon, uh, really just diving deep into, into music, classic rock, and I ended up getting a copy, uh, a 5.1 surround sound copy of uh, Dark Side of the Moon. And I don't remember who I got it from. I want to say either uh, Hippie Jim or this guy named Kevin. I, I don't know which one. But either way, they, they let me copy it and I put it on. And and uh, yeah, man, I was blown away. And, and it's, it's a classic. I've heard it so many times. You know, what can you do? Um, also, on this day... In 1982, Iron Maiden released their classic album, probably their most popular album, The Number of the Beast. And that's their first album with Bruce Dickinson, and that's the song that's got, or that's the album that's got, you know, The Number of the Beast, Run to the Hills, Children of the Grave, um, that last song I can't remember the name of. Iron Maiden started a whole genre of metal music. And uh, last but not least, in 2001, uh, <laughs> this is a weird fact here. In 2001, uh, on Highway 19 in Macon, Georgia, the section where Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers died in a motorcycle crash, they renamed that section Dwayne Allman Boulevard. <laughs> And uh, the Allman Brothers, man, I, I didn't start getting into them until a few years ago. Uh, another staple of classic rock. The dude um, was an insane musician, one of the best slide guitarists out there. Uh, Allman Brothers, now Greg Allman died not that long ago. Uh, the Allman Brothers, though, I mean, what can you say? They were the original jam band, the OG. They're from Florida, uh, very soulful. Um, good musicianship and they they at a time in the in the 70s when uh it seemed like you know we had moved on from uh, uh racial segregation there were still mostly white people uh in the music industry and on the music charts and and 
the Allman Brothers actually had black people in their band. So it was white people and black people playing together, being soulful. And so, yeah, Dwayne Ullman, he died in uh, October of 71. But on this day in 2001, they named that Dwayne Ullman Boulevard. And maybe one day when I go to Macon, Georgia, I would love to check that out because I'm a music history buff. Uh, so the number on one more time. You know, I had some people trying to call me earlier. They always try to call me at the beginning of the show. Oh, oh, there's Benjamin. Benjamin, you demand. <laughs> so, like I said, if you guys want to talk, um, there you go. Take another drink. All right, so whatever. Um, next, I got a funny picture for you guys. So, this weekend... From noon to four on Saturday and Sunday, so you can't do it today because Saturday's over. PetSmart was offering free photos for your dog with the Easter Bunny. Oh, and there you go. You guys can see there's my dog Phoenix right there, my English bulldog. She did not like, she kind of liked the girl. You know, the girl was, she didn't have the Easter Bunny uh, head on. And she was really nice, but as soon as she put the head on, Phoenix was just not having it. We were trying to give her some of the treats from behind the counter. And uh, somehow, we just got her to sit still long enough to get this picture. So there you go. There's Phoenix. We got her the picture with the Easter Bunny. You know, it's so crazy. I mean, having having a dog in general, I... Where do I begin with this? I guess growing up, I, I kind of remember us having dogs, but, you know, I never really had that, like, close attachment to them. And, honestly, I only remember one or two dogs. I'm sure there was more than that. But, you know, the bond that you can have with your pet is uh, is as good as the bond you could have with some of your human friends, if not even better. And when Elisa decided she wanted to get a dog... Back in uh, late 2013, early 2014, you know, we had seen an English bulldog when we went to Apple Hill uh, for pumpkins. And uh, we, I was like, man, that's a cool looking dog. So we get this dog and I just, I did not know my life was going to change as much as it, it did. You know, once you get a puppy, you know, the puppy doesn't sleep. You have to take her. And at the time we were living uh on a second story apartment. So we'd take her downstairs, you know, trying to get her to go potty, trying to get her to poop, picking up her poop with plastic bags over your hands. I never thought I would do that in my life. Um, her barking at everything, barking at noises, peeing inside. You know, this animal depends on us for survival. And she also constantly needs attention. And a lot of people say, you know, having a dog is training for having a child. And in some ways, I respect that and I believe it. In other ways, I'm like, dude, no way. Having a dog is way worse. Maybe even having an English bulldog is worse. Um, but, I, you know, I love this dog. But, man, like I said... And maybe it's because of the way she's been trained. Maybe because we spoiled her. I will say, however, an English bulldog traditionally has been one one of the hardest breeds 
that uh, can be trained because they are very stubborn. They don't want to listen. And this one in particular, she's motivated by food and by not wanting to take a bath. And so, uh, and, and the other thing is English Bulldogs, they, they have health problems because they aren't natural. They were bred to be the way they are. We got lucky because a lot of them have breathing problems. Um, they can suffer from things like hip dysplasia and all sorts of skin issues. But luckily for us, it's been really minimal. She's a fun, happy dog. Sometimes she wants your attention way too much. But uh, she's awesome. She's four years old now. Um, hopefully we got at least, you know, at least another four years with her, if not more. But goddamn, man, English Bulldogs are expensive. <laughs> not only just if you're going to buy them from a breeder, um, but, you know, the health issues. We got to buy. We buy these pills for her. So she, I don't know if it's grass or if it's just wet grass, but she gets like irritation in between her toes. So we buy this medicine for her that lasts maybe a month, month and a half. And it's like eighty nine dollars. And that's just that. And then her food, you know, her food, she's got a really sensitive stomach. She can't eat cheap shit like kibbles and bits. We buy the grain free turkey and whatever uh, blue buffalo basics. Not blue buffalo, but blue buffalo basics. And the, the, the biggest bag is like on sale, 54, 55 bucks a bag. Regular price about sixty two, and she goes through that in a month. So I mean, like I said, that's like at least a hundred and forty, hundred fifty bucks a month just for this dog to survive on medicine and all that. And that doesn't include all the other stuff, all the vet appointments. She has some weird buildup in her ear, or uh, she doesn't clean herself. We have special cream that needs to be rubbed on her private parts, which is disgusting. You know, I never thought I'd do any of this stuff, but, you know, to keep keep her happy and, and live a long time, that's what we do. And so in return, I torture her by making her take pictures with uh, Easter Bunny. So there you go. Um, also, I watched a movie today. Um, it was called Mute. It's a Netflix original movie. We'll put that up. Boom. Oh, didn't work. There you go. Oh, lost it. There it is. Mute. Uh, so this movie right here. Um, it's a Netflix original, which means you can only see it on Netflix. It was directed by Duncan Jones, who he's done a couple movies. He did a movie called Moon with Sam Rockwell, kind of a almost like a throwback 2001 A Space Odyssey sci-fi movie about a guy who's by himself in space. And then he did another movie called uh, Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal, which I have not seen. But more importantly, this guy... Uh, What's his name again? Uh, Duncan Jones. He is the son of David Bowie. I think the only child of David Bowie. So, and, and I listened to an interview with him recently, and it's so weird because this guy is not a music fan at all. I mean, I'm sure he he likes some of his dad's music, but he's you know it's it's almost like he purposefully wanted nothing to do with music whatsoever. So, you know, he became a, a movie guy, film director. This is a movie about uh, 
I'll give you the basic story. And, and so it's about a kid who's Amish who ends up getting a, a, a really serious life, uh, life threatening injury while he's swimming and he needs surgery or else he'll never be able to talk again. But he comes from a family who's Amish who do not believe in surgery and they just prayed that God would, you know, make things right. So what happens is this guy grows up and he's a mute. He can't talk. And uh, it, it ends up being a, a kind of a film noir love story, uh, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of violence. But the whole thing takes place in a futuristic Blade Runner-esque uh, uh, Berlin, Germany. So there, there's German people. There's robots, robot strippers, robots with big penises, flying cars, a la the fifth element, and uh, uh, some good actors. You know, uh, the main guy is played by Alexander Skarsgård from the Skarsgård dynasty. You know, uh, his dad's Dellen Skarsgård. You know, you guys might remember from The Hunt from Red October and all sorts of other Big, big movies, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, who has the greatest mustache ever. If you look at, if you look right there, that is Paul Rudd with this big fat mustache. And he's not, I mean, he, you know, he's charming. He's, he's regular Ant-Man Paul Rudd, but also he's crazy. And uh, he gets really violent sometimes. Uh, Justin Theroux who recently, uh, I think, just announced his divorce from Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> and uh, um, there's a good uh, cam. There's a cameo from Sam Rockwell. There's a, a nice cameo from Dom- Dominic Monaghan, who you guys remember from Lost and Lord of the Rings. And like I said, it's, it's, it's funny because it got a 13% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So people did not like it very much, but... I enjoyed it. I think I really enjoyed more the the visual aspect of the storytelling than the actual story itself. But like I said, it's worth a watch. Mute. Check it out on Netflix. Boom. It's gone. Um, What else we got to talk about here? Let's see. I talked about the music, comedy docs, Bulldog, Funko, uh, uh, History, March 24th. Shit, man. I'll put the number back up. Somebody call me. I'm interested. I still have my paper from last week. You know, I want to know, how's the feed doing? Does it look nice? Do I look pretty? I'm just, you know, I'm really irritated about the whole internet thing. You know, I made this video, this intro video, and you guys have probably seen a little bit of it, but it is so good. It's 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 unreal. Shit, man. Let's see, I got a, a text, uh, a message from Benjamin from YouTube. So let's look it up. Dancing with the Squad. Ooh, geez, what is this? And it's midnight here. So now it's March 25th. Fortnite Battle. I don't know. I'll check that out later. Uh, there's Joe... Danny, I guess Danny has pretty much given up. Danny, if you're listening still, I don't even know if you are. Wait wait until like 10 to 15 minutes into the show before you call me. Don't call me at the beginning. I want a video chat. Um, shit. Well, 
Let's check out Facebook. Oh, nice. I got tagged. People checking out the show. Uh, saw my story. Free drawing giveaway. Add to your timeline. Missed a video chat call. Well, shit. Been pretty uneventful. You know what? All right. Let's end this. Let's end this whole thing with a rant. Um, so basically, here, it, and you know, I wish I had a little graphic up on the screen because this would make much more sense, but I'll just talk about it. Um, so here in Sacramento, uh, oh, there's Benjamin. I have two ideas for vids, reactions, or let's plays. What does that even mean, dude? What does that mean? So, anyways, um, I don't even know this guy's name. What was this? Let me get the let me get the um, the name for you guys really quick. Yeah, this is this is pure journalism right here. Okay, so so what happened is sometime in the last week, there was a a, a black dude named Stefan Clark. And he was killed by police officers here in Sacramento. Normally, I don't really like to get political. But uh, I'm going to explain kind of both sides of the situation. Um, so this is my understanding from what I've read on the news and what I've seen on Facebook and from other people. Um, police got a call that there was this black dude who was breaking into cars. It was late. It was a dark, dark neighborhood in Sacramento. And... Uh, this guy, Stefan Clark. Now you could see the body cam footage on YouTube. You could see the, uh, the thermal, uh, footage from the helicopter. So you can see everything that happened. This guy, Stefan Clark, black dude, 22, 23 years old, father of, of a couple kids. He's, he's, he sees the cops. He's running away. He's jumping fences. And, uh, the cops end up catching up to him. It's two guys, two two police officers, and uh, what happens is, in in the span of about five seconds, they think he has a gun, and they just unload their clips, and it ended up that they they shot him twenty times, and it turns out this dude did not have a gun. This guy had a cell phone, so. You know, it, it's been uh, uh, pretty crazy uh, here in Sacramento. Starting the other day, um, there was a big protest, a Black Lives Matter protest. It started at City Hall downtown, and they actually walked up I Street onto uh, I-5 North, Interstate 5, and they blocked the freeway. Uh, police had to shut it down, and they were up on the freeway with their signs. I actually know a couple people who were there. And then later, they marched down to uh, downtown. They went to the Golden One Center, which is the new arena where the Sacramento Kings play. And they ended up canceling the game because, you know, there's was, there was too much of a ruckus going on. Then they ended up going back to uh, City Hall. And then um, the next day, Friday, they went to... Uh, uh, the Tower Bridge, which is, you know, one of our famous landmarks here in Sacramento, and they kind of blocked that off, too. So, yeah, man, I 
this is this is my opinion. I don't really like to get political, um, but I have I've seen the videos, um, and this is this 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 is basically the story here. So the two sides of the argument is this: um, one, uh, they don't even know if this is the guy that they were looking for originally, and uh, the police police officers who are supposed to be trained who who i mean so many mistakes were made these guys they just went in the backyard they reacted quickly boom killed the guy he didn't even have a weapon you know they should have announced that they were police officers um they shouldn't have used that kind of force you know they should have waited for backup there's so many you know and and you know being a police officer it's probably got to be the one of the shittiest jobs you can have. You know, I have my opinions on uh, the reason most people become police officers is because they probably needed to feel important. They needed some sort of power. They wanted to have power over other people. I think back in the day, you know, people became police officers because they wanted to help and they wanted to help the community. And I think in, in some regards... That's probably true with a small percentage, but I feel like most people, they have something to prove. They want to be in control. They want to have control over other people. Uh, that's just the kind of personality. A lot of them are, are ex-military. A lot of them uh, are, are, are people with a chip on their shoulder. Now, that's not to say there aren't good police officers. There are. Um, you know, there are people that save lives. There are people that actually do want to help the community. There are people that will not, um, you know, you're smoking a joint on the street. They're going to tell you to go somewhere else. They're not going to throw you in jail because they know it's a waste of time. People who are going to let you out of a ticket, they just want you to know, like, hey, you're driving unsafe. You know, so it, th these cops, they definitely messed up. They did not. They reacted by emotion. And, um, you know, that, that's been a common theme with a lot of the shit that's been going on the last few years. Um, there's also a big element of racism. Um, but at the same time, you know, we live in a system and I know it sucks and either you're part of the system or you're not part of the system, but if you, whether you're guilty or not, you know, you got to obey police officers i mean th that's the thing is the minute you do something they don't want you to do you're considered a threat and uh i mean i don't agree with it doesn't mean i'm not going to do it because you know we we do things all the time that we don't agree with <laughs> you know that's just kind of that's kind of it it's like paying taxes it's it's paying for or shit that we don't believe we we should pay for um that kind of thing and so you know if, if whether you're guilty or not if police officers coming towards you and, and you know i don't want to get killed so i'm gonna listen and i'm gonna obey and do whatever then again i'm a white guy i'm a white guy in 2018 i do not know what it's like to be a person of color um I believe that it's it's probably really scary for anybody who uh it, who's not in the position that I'm in. You know, uh we like to talk a lot 
a lot of people online talk about white privilege and there is there is some privilege to that yes i'm white i don't get pulled over for no reason <laughs> for the most part then again i also don't get shit um <laughs> that easily you know i think the privilege in general more has to do with your economic status than your skin color however when it comes to just uh uh being scrutinized by police then yes there is some privilege that comes to that so this guy you know he probably knows there are racist cops out there there's been a lot of shit going on um cops like to watch each other's backs and cover things up and this guy was scared and he did you know and like i said we still don't even know if this was the dude that uh they were looking for but you know shit happened so fast it escalated it shouldn't happen the way it did and uh, uh you know people are people are reacting and uh shit it, it's getting scary out there um I, I saw a video of some protesters who broke out some dude's back window uh, just for driving through downtown. You know, whether you agree with the movement or not, it's like this random person who was driving through, they had nothing to do with it. So, um, yeah, man, all, all I could say with that is, um, you know, keep, you know, it's it's scary out there. Um Treat everybody how you want to be treated. Um, justice, the justice system is fucked up. Um, I really hope that, uh, uh, I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't have an answer. I'm not that, I'm not too political. I'm not, you know, I don't know what the answer is. But, uh, you know, something has got to change. And uh, um, hopefully, hopefully with all these protests, um, and also all the people coming out for, uh, gun control. Like I said, I believe that we do, we, everybody has a right to have a gun. I don't have one. So if you want to rob my house, there you go. <laughs> um, however, it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but, uh, like I said, be cool to each other and, uh, that's all you got to do. So, uh, Wrapping up the show with my little rant there, um, I reached out to somebody that I would like to interview. I have not he heard from him yet. Hopefully, I hear from him in the next week. Otherwise, I have some other people in mind that I would like to talk to, and I want to talk to you guys, man. I'm bummed out. You know, I got one phone call earlier. I would love to interact with you guys more hopefully the internet feed is good i'm gonna have to do something about this video you know this intro video that i worked so hard on i really want you guys to see i might just have to upload it by itself but um maybe what i could do is is uh encode it in a a lower bit rate and to you layman's out there what i mean is make it a lower quality video just so you guys can actually see it um because it's awesome. Um, also, let's see. Uh, to end out the show, I'm doing something that I learned on another radio show. I'm going to tell you the birthdays. So today, the birthdays, celebrity birthdays, um, turning 53. And actually, it's funny because it's March 25th now because we I do this show so late. Um, 
But yesterday, March 24th, the birthdays, turning 53 years old, WWE star The Undertaker. Undertaker, yes. Let's put another applause out there for The Undertaker. Oh, my God. The dead man. The man who had the streak at WrestleMania. I don't really watch WWE anymore. Undertaker is one of the uh, greatest characters in uh, uh, wrestling, greatest of all time. Uh, also, to uh, birthday, Jim Parsons from the Bing, B- Big Bang Theory. Whoa, that was loud. Big Bang Theory. Uh, he turned 45. You guys know him as Sheldon Cooper. Um, Tommy Hilfiger, 67. Do you guys believe... Tommy Hilfiger is still a thing. I thought that was just 90s, but if you go to the Folsom Outlets here in Sacramento, there's a Tommy Hilfiger store. Um, let's see. Also, Allison Hannigan from uh, the American Pie movies and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I kind of had a crush on her when I was younger. Um, oh, yeah, and she's on like How I Met Your Mother. Uh, another wrestler, Jack Swagger, 36 years old. And two more birthdays. Uh, They're both dead. First of all, Steve McQueen. You guys, come on, Steve McQueen. Cool Hand Luke. Oh, wait, no. That's not Steve McQueen. That's uh, uh, somebody else. Um, The Getaway. (laughs) Uh, There you go, Steve McQueen. Uh, Papillon. Dude, if you guys have never seen Papillon, him and Dustin Hoffman, uh, they're they're in a prison on an island called Devil's Island, and they try to escape, and it, it's an awesome movie. I got to watch in school one time. And finally, Harry Houdini. It's his birthday. Well, it was his birthday. He died in 1926, but, uh, you know, one of the greatest illusionists of all time. I saw a really cool uh, Houdini um, miniseries with Adrian Brody, uh, so if you guys get a chance, check that out. I mean, he was, you know, it's it, it. I was fascinated with magic a lot when I was younger. And for somebody who like chained himself up and, and got in a coffin and went under the water, I still don't know how they did that. So anyways, um, yeah, man, that's, uh, I hope this this show ended up okay i hope i i'm hoping that the internet will work better next week i don't know what the hell the, the idea was going on um i should actually do some research right now what's going on is there anything going on next week let's see i i would like to know uh what is next week let's see march 25th so would that be april 1st bear with me folks i'm looking at the calendar no, it will be, oh, it says 34. There's 31 days in March? Since when? <laughs> All right, well, I'll figure it out next week. Um, Here you go, guys. If you want to follow me, that's at Stephen MJ Gedney on Instagram and Twitter. You could see the Funko Pops that I just bought. You could see some of the uh, uh, fun stuff that I post, um, follow my stories, whatever. It's all good, man. I love that everybody here is is participating and watching. And, and hopefully next week, you guys could call in. So uh, with that being said, it's been an hour and ten minutes already. Shit. Um, and I talked about nothing. But like I said, Saturday nights, um, this is about halfway through the season. 
I got another maybe four shows and then my baby's going to be born and then I got to take some time off. So let's make it a fun uh, second half. Um, love you guys. Peace out. And that's going to be it. Enjoy the rest of your time.